Hey, everybody, this is Nana Visitor, Major Kira from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. You're listening to Spoiler Country. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Join the cult of the Spoilerverse, and welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That is Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's Nana Visitor, isn't it? It is. This was a cool. This was a cool get for us out of the show because I, yeah, I remember in the '90s watching, you know, watching DS9 and seeing her on there as Kira and being like, and I always loved her character. And yeah. uh, I, I love that show. I was one of those kind of growth. Yeah, a, a lot of growth. And uh, it was she was having her on the show and talking to her. Man, she was such a such an awesome person. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. You know what I mean? So she's many good stories. Really nice. Yeah, so many stories. Really nice. Very honest. I remember I asked her about uh, Andy Griffith because she was on uh, the um, Matlock. Yep. On a few different occasions as a guest as a guest star, and it's an interesting story she tells. And it's an interesting story. So you guys should should uh, listen in for that. And she talks about some other things that were difficult and some things that she didn't talk about with anybody else. Yeah. And you can hear the story about how she got her name too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So why don't we just jump in because this one's a lot of fun and I really think we should just get into it. Let's do it. We're back today, and today it's an exciting episode because if you're a sci-fi fan, if you are a lover of Deep Space Nine, then we have your major, we have your colonel, Nana Visitor. Thank you so hey much guys. for coming on. I'm thrilled to be here. That's awesome. I can't believe you're actually here talking with us right now. I used to watch you <laughs> well, all I- the time back in the back in the day on Deep Space Nine, and here you are just having a conversation. Now, how old were you when you were watching this show? I want to know this. I was, I'm 45 now. So when Deep Space Nine so was on, was 93. So I was 18 and 93. 18? Yeah. Oh my when it started. God. I was 13 watching it with my dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Middle baby. Yeah. Yeah. We all had crushes on you. So. <laughs> but that's kind of great that 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 stuck with you. I expect that your partners yeah. are really interesting people. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Good. I, I don't mind being uh, an influence that way at all. That's awesome. Especially that character. My God. Yeah, she's was, strong. Uh, yeah, she's, she's independent. Strong, but she also was, you know, she was you can't really say human, but she had flaws and she was this 
creature that was struggling to to find herself and do right and evolve and cultivate things in herself. So, you know, it's like, well, that's that's kind of a good first crush to have. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah, yeah. Although I know it wasn't your first crush, but I'm I'm just going to take that credit right now. I'm just going to just take it, yeah. own it. Yeah, and let's move on. Don't correct me. We'll just move on from there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually grew up in New York. Your parents were huge into heavily into dance in in, in New York, and your yeah. dad Robert was actually associates of some really famous dancers back in the day. Jerry and Jeez. Jerome Robbins and Bob Fauci and yep. What was it like growing up with all that influence like that? Well, you know, it's it's. I didn't know any different. I thought everyone argued about pirouettes and <laughs> had Jerry Robbins over for dinner, and you know, Bob and Gwen. Just normal. It's like it's normal. It's just you know. I remember being in my I, my. My mother used to take me to her ballet class where every big Broadway star was taking class. But, you know, to me, it was just boring because she didn't want to get a babysitter. So I'd sit and watch class. And out of sheer boredom, sometimes I'd get up and start taking it. And I remember one wonderful time where Gwen Verdon hit me across the face with her foot. Oh because God. I was standing in back of her. And I don't know if you know who Gwen Verdon is. Actually, people might know more now because of the wonderful Fosse uh, Verdon series that was on TV. She was an amazing performer. and But that's how I ended up dancing. Yeah. I just It was kind of by happenstance. It just happened. It's just what I did, what we all did. You just dance. Well, you said... Someone said tap dance and it's like okay i'll figure that out yeah i never took class because you just there you're you're just influenced by it sitting right in front of you exactly yeah you said yeah. you're bored at first having more of the kid being told you have to go but when did the, the bug really hit you not for a long time and it never it i think you know what it hit me in my 40s Dance was a way for me to make money in New York. If I needed money, I'd do a Broadway show, dance in a Broadway show. If I didn't, I'd look for acting work. So I was like, eh, it's just what we all do. I didn't really understand the joy of it until I did Chicago, the show Chicago on Broadway. And that experience made i was old enough to understand i'd had enough experience to understand that dance is such a cool way of expression it's so powerful and it also involves not just your body but your mind so there's a somatic neurological connection that happens that really puts you in a place of it, well it's 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 the place everyone tries to get to when they meditate, when they take drugs, when they, right. you know, when they jump out of airplanes, that place, it puts you in that place perfectly. So it can, it, it was that time in my life was an amazing time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's a great childhood though, because you're just being, you're just having all this freedom there. And, and I mean, freedom to express freedom. Your, like yourself like that. It's just, Usually when oh, yeah. I was growing up, it felt weird to try to dance. 
I can imagine. But for us, after dinner, that's what we all did. Get up and do something. Make someone laugh. Make someone laugh with dance. Or, yeah. You know, it's so, yeah, it was good. It was, it was an incredible upbringing. When did you try out to be a, uh, a chorus dancer in, on Broadway? I was, well, I got a summer job. I was actually going to, I got into Princeton and I was going that fall. I got a summer job doing a chorus right outside of New York. And it was three shows and one of them ended up going to Broadway, but I was like, no, no, I'm going to Princeton. But I, I so I was already kind of dabbling and I think I want to work right now. Yeah. And then I, I kept, uh, I, I kept just postponing the time I go to Princeton deferring. And then I, it, I just kept working. So <laughs> that was it. I never went. Princeton never, never came. <laughs> Princeton never came. I just kept working. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though. Cause you actually went, you actually played on Broadway more than one time. The first one I think was being my one and only flounder. What was that like? <laughs> Actually, the first was music. It was called A Musical Jubilee, and I was 18 years old. Oh, nice. And there were the whole, there were like, it was a musical review with eight big, they were big name stars at the time. Yeah. And a chorus to back them up. And that was my favorite job of all times. I used to go to Joe Allen's, the actors hang out, have dinner before the show, and feel like I was. Joan Crawford. I was <laughs> so glamorous. It was like, oh my God. And now the lights are going to be on me. Yeah. And, you know, I was in the back, but it didn't matter to me at all. It you know, was great. I, I had no responsibility. During that time, we had Robert Picardo on a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And during that time, he was on Broadway and he was performing with Danny Aiello. Did you get to meet like Danny Aiello or meet Robert Picardo back in those days? No, never. Uh, so, Never. Is, is there that? I guess because in my mind, I always feel like it's going to be a smaller community, but it really is kind of a, a well, big community. It is pretty, it's a pretty small community, but Danny was an actor yeah. doing plays and stuff. I was musical comedy all the oh, way. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, and those different crowd really don't. Oh, very different crowd. Very different crowd. Lots of, you know, there's almost like a a gangy back then, a gangy feeling of, Oh, those actors. Clicks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. And, <laughs> yeah. So it was like, Oh, please. They're so full of themselves. They don't know what real hard work is. Right. Yeah. But of course now I, I have a completely different uh, view of it all. And I, well, being an actor is what I wanted to do. Ultimately I, yeah. I danced cause that's what I knew. Let's stay on Broadway just because you got a chance to go back to Broadway in 2001 mm -hmm. and you played an iconic role in Roxy in the play Chicago. You got to tell us what the experience was like. It was, it was incredible. It was, it, it was everything you think starring on Broadway could possibly feel like. Yeah. It was an explosive time in my life, an explosive time literally in the world and I was doing this show. It was the first time I realized why I never really questioned, you know, is, is this, is being an actor is, is being a performer, something that actually adds anything to anyone's life, yeah. or am I, you know, what am I doing with my life? 
And it was in that show that I went, ah, I got it. I understand what I'm, what my role in society is because nine oh, eleven awesome. hit, and they closed the theaters. We missed, I think, two shows, and then Giuliani called us all back and said, "You got to stand up and start doing this and get the city back moving." People need and, that distraction, right? And and that sense of normalcy and and everything's okay. And if they're doing this stupidity on stage. It must be okay. I know I use sitcoms. When I'd be upset as a kid, yeah. I'd watch a sitcom and I would feel like, no, no, if this is on, everything must be okay. I'm the same you know? way. If I feel yeah. sick, like if I'm sick, then I have two shows, three shows that I really watch when I'm like yeah. super sick. And it's The mm -hmm. Big Bang Theory because it's just yep. mindless humor. I love it. Yep. Trailer Park Boys, same thing, dumb, over-the-top, moronic humor, and uh -huh. the IT crowd. I, those three. And it doesn't matter if you've seen it before, no. right? No, nope. it doesn't matter. Comfort. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's the comfort of it. And I think sitcoms have yep. their place in that re regards, you know, they, they do, you know, they I, do. yeah. And they can be they so brilliantly really written, but it's, but that's, that's it. And I realized then, Oh my God, I'm a storyteller. I tell I stories and that comforts people and it educates people about themselves. It opens them up. It makes them feel there's so much good to it. So that show was really, really important to me. And it was a, it was a crazy, crazy time. Yeah. You know, when now we look back and we go, yeah, that it was that horrific event. And then life went on, but we at the time kept thinking it was like having post-traumatic stress syndrome. We, we kept thinking it was going to happen again and again and again. We were sure they were going to come back and hit Broadway. They were going to come back and hit, you know, the, the, it, it, it was endless. We lived in fear for, for months there. And when I went, I used to take my boys who were eight and four at the time. I used to take them to the theater with me on weekends. Otherwise I just didn't see them at all. And they, play in my dressing room and I'd come in and out and in between shows we'd go and have a bite to eat somewhere. Yeah. And when 9-11 happened, I stopped having the boys come and it was like, no, the boys can't come with me. And I thought, why did I, why am I saying yeah. it's like, well, when I look underneath it, it's because I think we might get wiped out. Right. And yet I'm still going to the theater. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> the passion takes over. Well, because you go, this is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm supposed to help. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, it was that, that show was big. It's it's kind of weird when you look and say, well, okay, what's essential? What's not? Like, we're going through this right now with, with COVID-19 and, yeah. okay, what's essential and what's not? But it's like, you can make a case for a lot of essentials that you didn't think of before based on what they do for people. You know, and know. we morph, yep. we morph how we do it. I mean, now we do it through Zoom. We do, we're still telling stories. Yep. It's just in a different way, but we are still communicating. Telling story right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Isn't that cool? It is very cool. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Hey, yeah. when did you take the last name of visitor? And I'm always curious, and I hope it's okay to ask, why did you go with, with that as opposed to your, your dad's last name? So my father was found on a doorstep and oh. in Portland, Oregon, 
And the people who took him in were named Tucker, and that became his name. They were very troubled people, and he had had a very troubled life with them. And he felt no connection to the name. So I felt no connection to the name. And frankly, in high school, I got called something that wasn't quite Tucker. Right. Continually. Kids are mean. (laughs) I've I've been there. My name is Kenrick. (laughs) And somebody, when I was in second grade, called me Kendick. And I lost it. I started balling. And then it followed me for like, it wasn't until I was comfortable with my own name. And then it started. Then it's like, okay, now it's kind of funny. And I I laughed about it. And it even ended up on my birthday cake when I turned 39. (laughs) As a joke, you know. But yeah, my last name's horse. And I used to get called horse shit all the time. Yeah. Kids are mean. But, yeah, kids are mean. But 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 let's face it, Kendrick, that there were some soft tears in the bathroom by yourself after your 39th birthday, right. weren't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you told me you wouldn't tell anybody, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> the secret's out. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, God. So I know. So, so I had no connection to that name. Yeah. And, it, it, okay, here's the real story. I told some ones that sounded fine, like it was a name in my family, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell – I've told other people, but no one like this. Yeah. No one like it's going gonna, it's gonna to go out there. This is the real story. I – had a brother, Paris, he's no longer with us, 15 years older than me, and he used to be really good at naming people. Yeah. I was, I believe, 18, around there. I had been going by Nana only, and it got uh, complicated. When computers came around, they they insisted on two names, so it would be Nana Nana, and right. then it was like, no, I don't want that. That comes out so, to Shana Nana Nana. Uh, yeah, it was going to go in that direction. Yeah. Banana, whatever. Right. So I said, and he was really good at naming people. He named a couple of famous people. So I went, give me a name. That's awesome. And he was, he was a weird guy. He was a definitely weird guy. And he wrote a name on a piece of paper and he said, and I'm calling him weird. I'm calling me <laughs> stupid for doing this. He said, he said, this is true. My brother Paris said, I have this name on a piece of paper. If I give it to you, you must use it. If you don't promise to use it with whether you like it or not, I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. And like an idiot, I said, okay. And he said, <laughs> this is good because what I see is you signing this name over and over and over again. You're going to sign lots of autographs with this name. And I went, okay. And of course I hated it. It was visitor. And I thought, for God's sakes, now I don't belong anywhere (laughs) ever. I've got parking lots everywhere I go. But I, I grew to love it and I grew into it. And I have to say, it was probably 10 years ago I thought of this story again and yeah. I went, holy shit. I, it, <laughs> I, I, I mean, there, there are actors who are uh, much famouser than me who probably don't sign as many autographs as I have. Right. You know? Right. It really, I really 
have signed a lot of autographs. <laughs> oh, I bet you go to a con, you probably get swapped. <laughs> yeah, cons are cons. Are, well, they've been big, so yeah. yeah. So that's how I got my name. My big brother Paris. That's awesome. Gave it to me. I love your first I name, by the way. I think it's unique. I think it's fun. I know that in parts of Africa it means queen. So yeah, I like that. That's perfect. I do like that. Yeah, it means seven. It means. Italian grandmother. It's 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 all over the place, but mostly I love I love it, and and people do it almost every day. Oh, your name's Nana, or but I'll say hi. My name's Nana, and they'll say, Oh, Nana. That's what I call my grandmother. <laughs> like yes, I know, I know. That's what you call your grandmother. It took it took me a long time to appreciate that I had an original name. You know? Yes, it, it does take a while. Yeah, it, it's, it, a kid is not going to like it at all because they want to be but, the next. They want to be Mike. It's funny because I have my brother's name is Michael, and then I have a sister named Patricia, and then another sister named Kathleen. Kathleen passed away about twenty years ago now. Ooh, that's weird. Twenty years ago. Yeah, but, sorry. Yeah, that's it never okay. gets good. No, it never gets. Time makes it easier to talk about. That's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And siblings is weird. Like you've been through this. Losing yeah. a sibling is so different than losing. I've lost my my father passed away back in 1990, and I mean it, it obviously sucks, but it's different. You know. Yeah. It's just yeah. Oh, yeah. I it Kathy still messes me up, but I get it. But they all had these biblical names, right? My mom basically just took them all out of the Bible. And then mm-hmm. here's me, Kenrick. <laughs> it's just like, all right. And then yeah. go, going through life, you know, it didn't wasn't until high school that I like, I, you know what? I like my name. Nobody else has my name. Yeah. See, you know? I was the opposite. Yeah. I had, So my actual name was just the letter J, not actually John or John. I had my legal name, just one letter. And I always loved yeah. it. I, as soon as I found out my name was one letter in fourth grade, because before that, my mom called me Johnny. And then my dad told me one day that, oh, no, your name's just J. I was like, really? So I went by that through all of school, and it was so much easier to write my name. So I love the fact that I just had one letter. I was like, I fully embraced it the I second I learned it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. He's the That's third, too, right? Cool. Yeah, I'm the third. Yeah, I mean, my first name's Jay, middle name, and I'm the third, and my, one of my sons is the fourth. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that call him very Jack. cool. <laughs> yeah, but everybody calls him Jack. Isn't that fun? That's... So we're, we're just a, a bunch name, of unique though. names sitting on this podcast. There you go. That's right. it. But you know, when I tried to change my name legally, yeah. I ran into, I had to go to the social security office and this is the first time my name's always been enough. That's what my parents named me. Yeah. But I went, I found out I, I had trouble getting a hold of my birth certificate. When I finally did, I had to bring it into social security along with a million other pieces of paper to prove this. And she said, I said, so I'm changing it to Nana Visitor. It's not Tucker. And she said, well, that's not the problem. And I said, what What do you mean? She said, Nana is in your name. Your name is Female. So you're a Female Visitor. What? Female, what? female, female Visitor. Uh. They, they hadn't <laughs> filled it in. Oh, no. You know what's funny? I have a friend that happened to his mom. He got was born at home. His mom didn't fill out the birth certificate. So the hospital uh-huh. put in boy and his, his name was boy for like six months. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's. And evidently all these years, I've actually been female visitor. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> wow! Or, but, but she made it fancy. She made it fancy. Famale sounds a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah like a possible name. 
I should have kept it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah, cool, though. Yeah. yeah. It took a long time. It took lawyers getting involved to actually get my name legally changed. And then, oh, I- man. Yeah. So, yep. 1977, you're in the Sentinel. Oh, God. Is, yeah. Is that your first taste of being at, in Hollywood and, and shooting a movie? No, your role I had is done girl. a series. <laughs> I know. I know. I had done a series and I had been told this was a big deal, a big director. You've got to do it. Yeah. And it was hell. It was awful. Actually, I went, nope, don't need to ever do a movie again. Yeah. And I aggressively went after TV and thought film isn't for me. Of course, it was the director that was the problem, not films right but it turned me off because he decided to target me and when he decides decided to have a relationship with someone he started by being really aggressive and he was awful awful to me and i was 18 didn't know what was going on didn't understand and just went you know what i'll save myself that trouble not have an affair with him and not ever do movies again so that's that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I'm sorry to even to hear that that happened to you because that's not It was fun. so common. It's you know, I just thought, well, I know that's because that this is what they would say to you. Yeah. This is what casting directors would say. They'd say, if you don't want to do it, there are a hundred people behind you. Ugh. And you know, so is, I understand people getting pressured, yeah. but it was like, well, yeah, that's just part of the deal. No, it's not. And Gito. I chose to, no, of course not. Yeah. I'm so glad. The me, this is why the Me Too movement was so important right here. Oh my God. Exactly. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I just, I cut off my nose, you know, to save my face, I guess. Yeah. I, I won't go further into trying to make that analogy work. Right. <laughs> but it's going to get ugly. But yeah, I just went, I won't do film. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to run into that kind of stuff ever again. Well, you got into TV and man, you got into TV. Johnny, I'm going to, I'm going to name a couple shows that she's on because I can't go through all of them. We'll be here all night. <laughs> Right, and she's it's on true. some. I I was on everything. You were on That's some amazing could, stuff. Matlock, yeah. Night Court, MacGyver, Highway to Heaven, oh, Night Rider, Night Doogie Howser, Murder She Wrote, Battlestar Galactica, Hunter, and it just goes on. It's yeah. you're on some iconic shows. How much yeah. fun do you look back during that time of your life and go, "Wow, I really, I really got lucky." You know what I mean? To be on all these different shows, meet all these different people, and just experience all that. I was lucky. I was lucky, but the work was really hard. Yeah. When you are a guest star, you don't get any perks, but you're doing as much or more than the leads of the show. And you're last on the list, uh, on everyone's list to take care of. Yeah. Uh, The times that, you know, yeah, leave her in the pool that isn't heated and everyone's wearing parkas. It, it, just leave her in there where the, the cameras are almost up. That happens. Right. The the cast deciding that they're not going to talk to you because they're such a click and the, or they're so exhausted or they're having a fight with each other. And so, you know, that happens. 
it becomes, but it was the best education for two reasons. I got to be like a plumber, come in, do a job. Here's my job. Yeah. Here are the tools. I'm, I'm opening my, my work chest up is what I do. Close it back up. Bye-bye. Yeah. So it got to be like that for me, which it, which was very, a very useful lesson. The other lesson was every time I'd go, Oh my God, if I'm ever a principal on a show, (laughs) guest stars are going to be treated. Well, I was going to ask because in 93, you land a role of Kira major Kira on DS nine. And having what you just said, it must have when people came on, you must have thought of all the times that you were a guest star, all the all the shows that you've been on, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I became a pain in the ass uh, a little bit to production because it's like, why are why are they in that trailer? Why aren't they doing that? How can you make this easier? Right. Because no one watches out for them. Right. To me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And to make them feel welcome. And our show was tough to guest on. I mean, I it, bet. The fans people are underestimate, people underestimate how hard the language was, how hard it was to be under lots of makeup if you're not used to it, and how hard it was. I think, well, there were laws written because of our show, because we had such long hours. It was insanity. The shortest day i think i ever had was 16 hours oh my god so yeah it was it was hard hard work and to jump into that is not easy so if and of course we were exhausted we were all dealing with exhaustion but if if we didn't pay attention to the guest stars and make them help them and go no 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 don't worry about this and this is what you need to do or these are the rules here don't worry it it would have been hell for them. Yeah. Yeah. When you, I think on Matlock, you actually played a double role. Uh, yeah. I think I did two Matlocks. I think I did and one of them three you played, MacGyvers. Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. I got to ask, Andy Griffith is, you know, especially then, he was near the tail end of his career, but he was still really Hollywood loyal, royalty. And for oh, a yeah. long time, he really ran how network television happened. And yeah. not on a, obviously not on a business sense, but on what got on, what actors got, what jobs. I mean, he was very influential. What was it like working with that guy? Is he a, a childhood hero of yours? No. I just know, but I just yeah, remember no. <laughs> watching a lot of Andy Griffith's show and yeah. I've read a lot about him, but you don't, I don't know anything personal about him. I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have one way or the other with him. I just well, know that I how influential he was. Watching, I grew up watching that show and yeah. I grew up going, this is the nicest man. I was a Gomer Pyle fan. In the, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I thought he was just hilarious. He made me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. He was, but he was. My experience of him, he was not a nice man. Oh. And he was very competitive. Yeah. And very interested in, it it was like, okay, so let's say you're playing tennis. Yeah. And someone's, you're both good tennis players and you can really play a game. You can either get into that and go, wow, okay, I'm, I'm here. Or you can go, no, I'm going to dominate them and 
mess with them so they can't actually play. Right. Psychologically break them down. Yeah. Yeah. And of course he had the power to do that. So that wasn't fun. Not interesting to me. That's too bad. Yeah. That, yeah. That doesn't sound fun at all. That sounds, no, sounds that doesn't fun. sound fun at all. <laughs> You're here no, working a no. job trying to do the best you can and that's the last well, thing you need. Those were that was one of those experiences where you go, Okay, all right. I'm not here to be liked. I'm not here to be welcomed. Yeah. I'm here to do a job. And here's the job and I'm gonna do it whether they like it or not. And that actually served me on Deep Space Nine because no one liked Major Kira at first. All everything I heard was like, What what are you doing? Yeah. Why is she so aggressive? <laughs> what what? <laughs> and I went, mm, I'm here to do a job. I see this as, you know, she's come out of I didn't have the language then. Yeah. But now it's post traumatic stress. She was completely every what's weird is i exhibited everything that someone with post-traumatic stress has right without having a name for it D and that's exactly what was going on for her when, when you think akira and you think of the time you had with her and the fans and the writing does it they always describe her as a former terrorist mm -hmm. does that does that get to you or does because it doesn't when I when I read that, it doesn't quite make sense because I felt like, well, was she a terrorist or was she a rebel? Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the wonderful thing about I find about our show. Yeah. Because you can see her as a freedom fighter or you can see her as a terrorist. You can see her as, you know, I I was given shows where I go, oh, my God, I'm I'm depicting a racist my character is a racist right and she's on a path to get over it but this is ugly and i have to i have to go there so i i love that about about star trek and i don't i don't pull back in revulsion about being called a terrorist right because i kind of am amazed that i was a main character who was so heavily flawed. Um, well, she had the most and, growth out and of all the had characters. the most growth. Yeah. yeah. All the I mean, exactly. Show. Yeah. She had, a, they, I had the furthest to go though. Yeah. <laughs> She's a, it was a great cast. They did a great job on that show. It lasted, a, you know, it was on for what? Six, seven years, seven, seven years. years. Yeah. Yeah. That's no slouch. And no. out of those, your character grew the most. And like you said, the fans did not like her at first. Right. And, it, and it took, it took that writing to get up to that point of them going now near the end of the, you know, those last three seasons, she became one of the fan favorites. Now what ha now when people are able to binge watch it, yeah. if they've never seen it before, they have a whole different perspective, whole different perspective on the show, on my character. It's, it's fascinating. Do you have a favorite story of a fan's interaction with you? Because I know a lot of times fans could get very emotional because you inadvertently helped them through a troubling time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, here's the thing. I realized years ago that, that that when we go to conventions and we have these lines and we have 30 seconds to a minute to talk to each person. Yeah. I realized it wasn't about them seeing me at all. They've seen me. They know who I am. 
they want me to see them. They want to be able to say their part of the equation and close the the link that is them and me and and have me see who they are, what it meant, and look into their eyes and acknowledge their humanity. And that conventions are really, really important for that. Yeah, it's really important. So I've had a lot of truly, truly unbelievable interactions. I've had early on, you know, people have you sign all kinds of things. They have you sign their body. And I used to go, I'm not sure I want to do that because (laughs) I know that they were getting it tattooed. Right. And, but, but I have done it. And the, there was one questionable thing that came on my table and it was a six week old baby. And I said, (laughs) sign the baby would you sign my baby and i i signed the diaper but it was it was one of those what the hell am i doing what the hell has my life become this is bizarre but there was also the woman the old woman who pulled up her sleeve and and held my hand prior to that going thank you for what you do heavily accented pulled up her sleeve and and you know she was at auschwitz oh my god uh kira meant a lot to people like that so yeah they're they're just that's amazing there are fans that i met in that first year of the show at a convention that i email back and forth to this day oh that's nice oh yeah oh my god yeah yeah that's cool what is something in that show that you look back on fondly now that might have been? Because I, when, when I think of my career path over li- just in life, some of the mm-hmm. times that were the most hardest and the most strenuous, I look back the most fondly of now. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a fact. Yeah. That good times for us isn't about leisure. It's about when we're most engaged. Yeah. That is when we are literally happiest when when we can go into what's called a flow state when you lose track of time when uh you all your focus is so great it's just on this one thing that you're doing yeah so yeah i i would say i was in a flow state the whole time (laughs) the whole seven years of deep space nine I think back fondly at the chocolate chip, warm chocolate chip cookies that used to appear after lunch. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of now. <laughs> I, you know, I'm thinking of endlessly being able to to sit on set and talk to these incredible tribes members that you know, I was a part of. We were we were a tribe. I wouldn't say a family. We were too disparate for that. Right. But this incredible, incredible family of just talented, strange, wonderful beasts. That's awesome. That's yeah. so nice. I'm I'm glad that you look back fondly of it. I've talked with people where they're just it was just, you know, whatever they did for an extended amount of time. And did you ever I guess the question I should get to is do you ever feel like you're did you ever worry about getting typecasted? I'm always curious. Uh, actually, about that. yeah. Oh, yeah. Back. Well, 
look, 25 years ago, if you did science fiction, you were. Yeah. You were done in the business. And my managers had high hopes for me because, after all, I was guest star queen. Yeah. I was on everything. It looked like, you know, George Clooney did, you know, pilot after pilot after pilot, and they all failed. He did a million pilots, and then he finally hit. That's what they thought was going to happen for me. So they advised me when I got Star Trek to turn it down. Really? And yeah, and I did. I turned it down. And the producer called me, and Rick called me and said, look, I just want to tell you how we're doing this show. And he described the costumes and the set and the writing and the writers and it became something that i went you know what if if i lose that chance it's worth it because this is going to be a an incredible collaborative effort and it was it was it was high class i don't think people realized it outside of the studio or actually outside of our work environment, but at the time, but it was, it, it was first rate. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. That's, that's wonderful. Now you, you've gotten into some movies there though, in the mid to late two thousands and up to just a few years ago, you did Ted two. Yeah. And you're in Rising Tide and The Resident, which was a great yeah, movie. I, I have to tell you, it, you know, if Seth MacFarlane asked me to, you know, play Donald Duck yeah. in, in Long Day's Journey into Night, I would do it. That's awesome. Because I love him. You know, is, we've had quite a few people that have worked with him on the show. Not one person has said that he's difficult to work with or any, they've oh, all God. have for lack of a better way to put it, knelt, knelt at the church of Seth because they love well, him. You know what yep, I mean? Yep. And and that's a fact. That's the way he is. He is remarkable. And first of all, to see, I hated that show. Yeah. Family Guy. Yeah. I hated it. And my husband always loved it and would watch it. And, you know, I'd be like, please turn that off. And then, of course, I ended up doing a whole bunch of characters on it. And <laughs> I remember one Christmas. Now, I like Christmas innocence. I like Christmas lights and all those. Yep. I like it nice, right? Uh, it, and so Family Guy was on. There was a Christmas episode. And you, Santa comes in. I think he kills everybody, including the mother. And it's just, I say, please turn that off. Right. And as the credits rolled, my husband said, "Nah, nah, you were the mother, okay?" <laughs> so, I mean, that's like Friday the Thirteenth, though. I've never seen it. I'll do that stuff, but I don't want to watch it. Ugh, but, I was going to okay. ask you if you if you were if you liked horror oh, because you did the no, remake. No, you played no. Pamela Voorhees for God's sakes. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch it, but I do love doing it. Yeah. But I'll go back to Seth for a second and finish. Yeah, with, please do. So I came in to do Family Guy. No idea. Didn't like this show, but let's see what happens. I had no. I had seen it. I had no idea he was every character, practically. 
And <laughs> it was a scene between all his characters and me. And to watch him do that is like, I mean, I've never seen anyone do something that complicated yeah. mentally. He, he's he's remarkable as as just the the artist, the thing that he does. Then he is remarkable for treating people incredibly well. Remember Andy yeah. Griffith? Yeah, he is the anti Andy Griffith. No, that's he awesome. He is the other. He is the ten to the one. It's good to know there's people like that out there. A million oh ways to God. die in the West is one of my favorite movies to watch. It's so oh good because <laughs> it's just so funny and just you know irreverent yeah. and it's just you know. Yeah. He makes fun of himself through the whole thing. And I, I love people that are affable, you know? Yes. If, if you can't tease yourself and, and be in on the joke, then I have a hard time getting along with people like that. <laughs> but you yep. can tell that he is just, oh, I don't know. I, 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 oh, he's so, he's so down to earth, uh, which is incredible. And he gives the best Christmas party in the entire world that I've ever been to, that I can ever imagine going to. Oh, my God. I would come back to L.A. if I moved to, you know, I don't know, Sarasota. I don't know why Sarasota, Florida came up, but there <laughs> yeah. it is. If I moved to Sarasota. <laughs> why there? Oh, my God. I hope I'm must not be thinking about there. it. No, I don't. I never think of Sarasota. But so if if. If I had to fly in from anywhere, from Siberia, that's that's more dramatic and more truthful. Right. If I had to <laughs> fly in from Siberia for this party, I would do it. That's awesome. Yeah. How do we get you on Orville? You should be on Orville. It seems like it would be know, a perfect match. I was hired to do something on Orville, and I was coming across country, and my agent messed it up and didn't tell oh. me that I was oh, being no. held. Yep. And I was halfway across. We were coming across. My husband got a job in Santa Monica. We'd been living in New York. Yeah. And we went, oh, my God, our dogs are 14 and 15. They will never make an airplane trip. And we have a parrot just to make it more frosty. you got to make it as difficult as possible on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So so we went, well, we'll, we'll drive across country with the dogs to Why make not? it okay and yeah. the parrot. So we were driving, sharing the load with the two elderly farting dogs and the parrot. <laughs> and we were halfway across when I got the call. So Monday, be on set. And it was like, what? I had no idea that I had gotten it. Oh, no. Yeah. They didn't give you enough leeway. So, no. So I went, I, I can't. I can't leave my husband in the middle of America with two elderly poodles and a parrot. <laughs> so yeah, I I didn't get to do. Well, hopefully maybe sometime. Yeah, yeah hopefully they'll figure so. it out and get you back on. We'll tell Tom Cosentino that you want to be on there. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do that for me. Work it, boys. There you Come go. On. Gotcha. We you got you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've been doing some stop motion stuff over the internet using mm -hmm. Zoom, getting all this, getting some work done, basically yeah. using your closet. What has that been like? Well, you know what? I had such a major freak out because I love doing voiceover and yeah. I love doing looping for jobs. That's awesome. I, I find it so challenging and wonderful. But then I got this job to be a character in a in a in a game, in a computer game, and they said, So you have good internet? And I was like, Yeah. 
and and I have a, a snowball, which is a good, you know, you know what that is. The USB it, mic. Yep. Yeah. So it, they said, "Great, you're set. You got it. Fabulous. Let's go." And they and then the next day they said, "So we're going to be sending a soundboard over to the house. <laughs> we'll leave it in your yard so you can pick it up because of COVID, all that stuff. Good luck no with it. Be in there with it. Yeah. And and we'll send you a video of how to set it up. And it's like. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I can do this stuff, but I can't actually be my sound person too. Right. So I, I was, I was as freaked out as can be, but figured out how to put it all together. All these microphones, a standing mic, and all, all this stuff, and they thank. God took over my computer so that they could run it while right. we did it, and and we did it in a in a morning, nice. like maybe four hours. Yeah. Did it open up your eyes for some other possibilities uh, while it's oh, going on? Oh, I think I think that yeah, I think that this is going to happen more and more that people are going to do these things remotely, if not from home. Certainly, you know, people aren't going to have to gather to do these things once we see we can do it and certainly i know i can do it it's like yeah no problem it's 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 i think one of the guys was in france one was in england the engineer was here in la that's so, so cool. it, yeah that's that's a lot of Isn't that uh, incredible yeah and and a lot of air travel that didn't need to happen, a lot of pollution that didn't need to happen. I think we have to figure this out and, and find our way towards this. You, you know, there's there's a great career there. We had George Newburn on. He played. <gasps> I love George Newburn. Oh, do you? <laughs> He's so awesome. Oh, my God. And I he, love George. And I told I we were to talking and him. we started geeking <laughs> out because him. we do podcasts. So we have our soundboards. We have our microphones. And he does all his own editing. He does everything at his house. And then he yeah, packages it all it. up, sends it off. And he does books and he does video games. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, you know, and then when he wants to, he gets, he's George Newburn. So he goes out there and gets a job acting when he wants to. You know? yeah. George <laughs> is very enterprising. Always has been. He awesome. would make me laugh. We did uh, Working Girl together. Oh, cool! The oh the the Sandra Bullock. Yes. Yeah. What was she? What yes. was what was that like? She's a gem. Is she really? She's a, a gem. Nice. Yes. Yes. I'm what you that. see <laughs> is what is true. I love that. There's no difference between what she projects and the real Sandra Bullock. It's, it's, she's a great woman. Oh, that's really awesome. great. Yeah. She was great. And it was like, they were giving her shit because she wasn't doing a sitcom performance. What we could all see is she was doing a film performance. Right. So, you know, she wasn't doing all cutesy. She was doing true acting. So it was, it, it, it was, an uneven show. It didn't, none of it worked. It was dated. I think what they were trying to do, probably if we'd all gone with Sandra's take, it might've been more interesting. I don't know, but I would be doubled over laughing at George all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God. He's got such a silly, funny side. I love him. He was great. He was great on yeah. the podcast. I mean, 
that's the nice thing about doing this is we get a chance to, to peer inside a little bit mm-hmm. and get a personal side of you as opposed to just seeing the 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 side of on TV all the time, you know? Right. So it's right. nice to meet people and then get backed up like what you just said about him because he was such a nice guy on the show and we talked He's for like an great. hour. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. He's a really great guy. Well, speaking of that, it's been about an hour already. Can you believe it? How do you like that? <laughs> we got, I hope I haven't bored you to Not at all. Are you kidding? I, I love Good. talking with you. I hope we can get you Good. to convince you to come on again. I, You got it. Oh, that'd be absolutely awesome. absolutely got it. Yeah. Well, we really that appreciate you taking your time. I mean, we went through all the way from Broadway through TV to movies back to Broadway. I mean, it's. I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I need a drink right now. I know. I'm going to think I'm going to pour myself a gin and soda and call it the night. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Good well, for you. We really appreciate it. Nana, thank you for so much for coming on. Uh, my pleasure. It was really fun, guys. And we're back. Oh, you did it again. You did it again. <laughs> you t- you, those who wait. <laughs> Man, she was cool. She was really cool. She's a lot of fun and she's super nice. And yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, what else can you say about her? I mean, I'd love to have her back on just to talk about more stuff with her because it was yeah. such a pleasure to have her on the show. And, and it just, I mean, the stories were just so cool that her stories about her, you know, starting out and, and, and where she, her, you know, the, all, she, she, was, she was on a lot of shows. She was on a lot of guest appearances shows and just super yeah. cool. Yeah. How surprised were you by her story about uh, Andy Griffith? Um, a little bit. I mean, I'd heard some, I've heard other stories about him, uh, yeah. but I mean, to, to hear like, you know, straight from the source, it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that he was a dick like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought, you know, you, you see him on TV and you see his persona that he portrays and it's completely different. Yep. But yep. I didn't know he was so competitive that he would, you know, just be jerk. I, I, mean, I, I think we're going to find out whatever. over time a lot of the Hollywood giants over the years had a, yeah. had a mean streak that was always hidden. Not all of yeah, them, per probably. se. Always not all of them, but we're going to find out more and more of these people. People like, oh, there was such a nice guy. And people go, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Try working with them. Right, I'm right. I'm not kidding. Try working with them for one minute. Right, right. But Nana was great. I don't think anybody will ever say that about her because, wow. <laughs> yeah, she's super cool. I hope we can get her on again because uh, I was just surprised how much. Well, first, we talked for a while. Yeah. And second, just how open she was about everything, you know? Yeah. She wasn't, there was no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no ulterior motive. She just, you know, no, it came was just on a and, great conversation. Yeah, exactly. And she was great. I loved her. Yep. 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 Can't so, say any more about that. Nope. I think we're, I think that's a show, man. And non for listening, we'd love to have you come back on. So uh, please do. Yes. There you guys go. All right. If you enjoyed our conversation with Nana, then you should really go to spoilerverse.com. Check out our back issues. There's tons of other TV personalities and TV editors and directors and movies and movie actors and directors and all that fun stuff. And composers. Yeah. 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 Composers, which is, uh, I think it's great because that sets the mood of the whole show that you're watching. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and to actually listen and talk to a Steve Jablonski. 
for example, and you will sit back and be like, oh, wow, the amount of influence they have is amazing. Yeah, or a Kevin Kiner. I mean, there's so, so much. Yeah, yeah. So check those out. Check them out. And there's a ton of other podcasts at spoilerverse.com, like Bridging the Geekdom, Shooting the Sith, Polygon Warriors, uh, Misery Point Radio, uh, Funny Book Forensics, Narrative Gunslingers, all that kind of fun stuff. You guys would be... well, you'll, I, I guarantee there will be something there that you will love. Yep, yep. And while you're there, check out the articles for, you know, by, by Jay Roach, by Sarah Kay, and, and by everybody else, Colton and them, all write articles and previews and reviews and all the fun stuff out there. And then click on that store link in the middle there, go to our store, pick up a t-shirt, a hoodie, a face mask, a, a mug, whatever. Anything that, that hits your fancy and uh, you'll look cool with Make it. Make you everybody look fly. Yeah, everybody will love what you're wearing and supporting and you support us help us pay the bills here because we provide all of this to you free of charge we pay it out of our own pockets so anything you do buy helps pay the you know helps, helps pay the light bill here that's right that's right hey hey johnny what's that in an oceans of podcast we are cthulhu as cthulhu compels you to do open the mind and read more